listening to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. In today's episode, we explore the world of marketing automation. For those of you asking yourself, what the heck is marketing automation? It's the technology that allows companies to streamline, automate, and measure marketing tasks and workflows so they can increase operational efficiency and grow revenue faster. You've likely seen marketing automation before if you have ever filled out a landing page, received a series of emails from a company educating you about their product, or even entered a contest online. CommonSkew recently integrated with a marketing automation software provider called Wishpond. Wishpond makes it easy for marketers to create landing pages and contests, track leads, send emails, and much more. To explore how marketing automation can work for those of us in the promotional products industry, I sat down with Nick Steves, Chief Product Officer at Wishpond, to share with us some best practices, top hacks, and tricks. If you're curious to learn more about Wishpond and our integration with them, please visit commonskew.com slash wishpond. And with that, let's get to the episode. And Nick, it's such a great pleasure to have you on the SKUcast. Thanks so much for being here with us. Thanks for having me. So Nick, we're going to start off with the definition of marketing automation and why every marketer should be using it in their toolkit to reach customers? Okay. Um, first, I'll start off with the why. Um, basically, it's market automation as a whole is, is a bit of a kind of umbrella term, but it's basically the idea of taking your marketing and using it in a more scientific manner based okay. on um, what you know about your prospects and your leads, as opposed to, you know, the more traditional kind of, you know, just simple batch and blast um, email newsletters or, you know, random ad campaigns all about kind of understanding who your leads and prospects are and marketing to them in a way that is personalized for them. Right. So I run you through the, you know, the whole kind of gamut of what market automation is. It starts with um, people coming to your website and tracking them as anonymous visitors, tracking the behaviors um, that they're taking on your website, capturing them as leads or prospects, um, capturing the email address, you know, name, business website, any other information um, that you need to understand your leads and to help kind of drop them into segmented lists uh, or buckets to help personalize the content you're going to send them. Uh, And that can be demographic factors as well as behavioral factors. Um, So stuff for on the behavioral side would be things like specific product lines that you have that they're looking at, specific content um, that they're reading on your site, or, you know, specific high value pages that they're visiting on your website, like case studies or, you know, um, contact us pages that show that they're closer um, to making that buying decision. Uh, and then the final piece is nurturing. Um, so that's generally done uh, by email. Um, so taking all the information that you know about a person uh, and triggering very personalized emails with, re- with relevant content and relevant asks based on everything that you know about that person and where they are kind of in your buying cycle um, to get them to make that first purchase. Uh, and then after that, to retain them as customers or to kind of influence them to make repeat purchases. Got it. Okay. Um, and can you tell me specifically about your company, Wishpond, and how you fit into this 
whole marketing automation world? Sure. Um, so Wishpond was kind of developed. Uh, we launched our market automation product last year. We've actually been around for about five years. Um, just kind of give you a bit of a backstory. We originally were um, specifically in social media uh, marketing uh, contests and promotion apps. Uh, and about a year and a half ago, we were actually looking to adopt a market automation platform of our own. And we looked at all the big, you know, uh, heavyweights out there like Marketo and HubSpot. Uh, and we didn't really find anything that we really liked or felt like for us. They were all these really big, complex, clunky solutions that were for, you know, Fortune 500 companies and really, you know, were only had all these power tools that were really only necessary if you were like a massive global company uh, and also required, you know, a lot of setup and training and understanding of how to use them. Um, so we didn't find a solution we liked. Then we started kind of doing user research and found that other people in industry felt the same way. So we thought, hey, this is a great opportunity for us to build a product, um, not only that, you know, there's a demand for in the industry, but that we wanted. Right. Um, so we focused on building a product um, that first and foremost was easy to use and simplified. So taking all the power um, that these kind of legacy market animation products had built in and kind of had added on and on and on top of themselves over time and kind of building it in a really simple to use interface so people could build out these workflows and their, you know, their, their market animation campaigns in a really simple manner. Uh, we wanted to build a product that we ourselves would be comfortable uh, paying for and feel like we'd be able to get a positive ROI from them. So, for example, the product, um, our product has basically on our $78 per month pro plan uh, includes just about all the features that you would have on HubSpot's $2,400 a month plan, including right. all the A-B testing, custom events, everything that you need um, to do, you know, real scientific marketing. Um, because for us, you know, $2,400 a month is not a price point that we're gonna that we're gonna want to pay, obviously. Um, but any any company can uh, can afford to pay seventy eight dollars a month and see a positive R, positive ROI uh, using Wishpond. Right, right, right. You know, it's funny was you as you talk about the history of your company, it sounds very, very similar to uh, the history of CommonSkew in terms of um, the relationship between the CommonSkew application and uh, some uh, bulkier. Um, uh, more legacy-oriented uh, competitors of ours in the software space, and and how we wanted to create something that was elegant, design-forward, cloud-based, and really designed and optimized for the promotional products user. So it's uh, it's always great to hear those stories um, in terms of how other businesses get off the ground. Um, so I and I, I think that if I was to provide some personal context to, to this, uh, as well as to the listeners, when we were looking for marketing autom- automation and we were looking at the different partners, uh, what we found with Wishpond was exactly what you had said, uh, a cost-effective uh, solution that was designed forward that had a core set of features that were really, really useful, but not a lot of uh, bulk because the bulk not only do you pay for, but it's also something you need to be trained on. And that can be intimidating if your business is not in the marketing automation space. We've been quite happy with you guys, which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast. Why don't we jump into some specifics here? Uh, what are three ways that a marketer can use Wishpond to convert prospects into customers? For sure. Okay, so um, again, it kind of depends on where uh, each of your prospects are kind of in the buying cycle. Uh, but I'll give you a few examples. Uh, the first would be um, delivering a case study based on demographic information that you know about your prospect. Okay. Um, so. You know, if I'm a company uh, based in Vancouver and, you know, I have a very certain, uh, you know, demographic market that I'm, that I'm selling to, you know, if you send me a case study of a company in New York 
they're selling to completely different companies, it's not going to resonate with me very well. Um, so if you can deliver me a case study that's really relevant to, you know, my industry, my exact space, as well as, you know, even my geographical location, I'm going to feel like this, you know, case study, you know, can apply directly to my business. And so I'll be much more likely to feel like the company's solution um, that's being shown in the case study is something that, you know, I can trust and I can use. Okay. Uh, the second would be uh, sending out examples based on the use case or the job to be done that you see that your prospects are interested in. Uh, okay. and this goes back to the behavior that your prospects are showing if they're visiting you know, certain product pages or certain solution pages on your website. So if they're interested in you know, specific corporate events or just you know, sending out uh, swag to uh, new customers or anything like that, sending out examples of how other companies have done stuff in a similar situation is really great. Uh, even we've really found this at which point is really great for showing people, you know, the types of campaigns, the types of things they can be doing with your solution and kind of inspiring them and kind of yep. putting, because, you know, it's, it's easy for you to say, okay, you know, our solution does this, but, you know, it's not easy for your prospect always to kind of crystallize in their mind what that means to them. But if you can show them an example, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I want. And that can right. make it really easy for those people to say, yeah, that's what I want, and then buy. Got it. Um, and the third one, uh, which is a little bit more early stage for um, nurturing prospects, is to, again, use like that kind of behavioral uh, tracking, looking at which um, blog posts and articles that people are reading on your website. If you are, if you do have a blog and doing content marketing, and they'd be able to say, okay, if a person reads this blog post, I know that they're going to be really interested in this other blog post that I have. Um, so being able to say, okay, after they read this one, if they don't read this other blog post within the next day or two, I want to send it off to them because I know it's going to be really relevant to them. That's going to help them kind of feel like I understand their pains and their needs. Right. Uh, and they're really going to, it's really going to help build that trust. Right, right. Okay. Um, so we've talked about how you can convert prospects into customers, but I'm also interested in how, uh, and specifically, if you've got three ways that a marketer can use Wishpond to retain customers of yours as opposed to the prospects into customers. Totally. Okay. So for us, this is an example um, that we have is that if we see that someone signs up for Wishpond, uh, you know, they sign up for a free trial or what have you, um, and then they don't actually take any actions in the first week. We know it's a huge red flag um, that maybe they haven't found value in the product or they haven't had time to come back and check it out um, and that they're going to be very, very likely to churn. Um, so we make sure that, you know, I think after the first five days, we send them an email, uh, automated email from a person on customer support team saying, you know, hey, have you found, you know, are you having trouble with the product? You guys need some help getting set up um, to kind of, get to them before they make that kind of choice to say, no, this isn't for me, or they feel confused, they don't find value in the product, to kind of preemptively stop them from churning. Uh, the second one would be for if you do have um, customers who only buy, you know, seasonally, maybe only at Christmas time or during the summer, uh, they make a purchase, um, doing kind of monthly or bi-weekly top of mind campaigns uh, for ideas and how your products and solutions can be used based on their past purchase behavior is a great way to kind of keep that relationship up, not be too annoying. Uh, but always kind of maybe get that person checking stuff out to make sure that when they do make that purchase decision, you're top of mind and you're the one they buy from again. Right. Third one is um, if you do have a person who has made a purchase um, from from you and they bought maybe one of your solutions, but they haven't actually checked out or looked at any of the other solutions that are complementary to it, um, sending emails to showcase how those solutions work and the benefits to them and how they are complementary to what they're already doing uh, is a great way to not only retain, but to upsell them on your other solutions. Right. I think those are fantastic examples. So in putting a cynical hat on, what do you say to people who think that marketing automation is either creepy, impersonal, or even worse, spammy? 
Uh, well, I have found that people who, who generally think this way, um, they think so because they've been on the business end of a email campaign that's been gone, that's gone wrong. Yep. Uh, and they've just been, you know, stuck in, you know, some loop that maybe someone created by accident or someone who didn't know what they were doing. Um, but if you, you know, as a marketer, if you treat your leads with respect and you always deliver value, um, you know, your leads are going to grow to trust you. And it's all about how you handle the relationship with your leads. So if you've had an experience where, you know, it's caused you to feel like market automation is kind of just a, something that spammers use, um, don't let that kind of ruin your thought process on it because you have full control over the relationship you have with your own prospects. Right. Right. I mean, it's interesting. I, I have talked to colleagues in the past who have um, who've identified that they know they're now stuck in a marketing automation campaign and how it turns them off. Um, I mean, I think at worst, it'll turn them off a company that at one point they really liked and respected, but are now going, oh, okay, I'm in your workflow and I'm now going to expect to receive, you know, four emails that are dear my first name, but I really know it wasn't personally written by the person who's sending this and I'm feeling like just a number here. So I, I, I think to, you know, a follow-up question to that is like, is there any advice that you have for marketers to not go to the spammy and impersonal route? Yeah, that's actually a good question uh, because I do see that a lot of people saying, you know, hi, Nick, like, you know, do you need help with this or, you know, and I know it's not being sent from that person. Yeah. Uh, but a way that you can kind of alleviate that is we follow uh, basically a three to one ratio uh, with the emails that we send between, you know, three emails that are obviously templated and are obviously mass, um, you know, have images and buttons inside so they look like, you know, a newsletter type email. Yeah. Um, and then a fourth email, you know, one every fourth um, uh, kind of time around that is a personal one from a specific either customer support rep or sales rep um, that delivers, you know, very personalized content that's more kind of uh, sales focused. So delivering case studies or example based content based on the behavior of the person. Right. So if you're following that kind of ratio and you know, you're sending a couple of emails a week, so only once every two weeks a person is getting an email that's personalized to them from a real person. Right. Um, that'll make them feel like, okay, this, uh, they're not just constantly sending me stuff. It's not going to be so obvious that it's automated. Right, right. So at the end of the day, if you're a salesperson or a marketing person, you, you need to get in there and put in a little bit of effort to send out the odd personal note. And it sounds to me like when, when that's done in conjunction with the more automated campaigns, that that generates great results. Yeah, because you're right. If you're sending everything from the same person like every single day, it's not going to do anything to create a personal relationship. Yeah, uh, but if it's only every once in a while, and you make sure that in those emails, you know, it's from the person, and they specify, hey, you can reply to this email, talk to me whenever you want. That's what's going to drive that that trust. Yeah. How long does it typically take for a marketer to see ROI with a marketing automation campaign? Um, so, I mean, you can see results almost immediately. For example, you know, if you set up a personalized campaign um, that triggers out, you know, automated emails when your prospects or leads are taking specific actions. Um, as opposed to just sending, you know, batch and blast emails every week, um, you'll immediately see your leads start to engage more with your campaigns um, simply because it's, it's reactive based on their actions. Um, and it'll help with leads, you know, all across the buying cycle, of course. Um, but for leads who are showing those buying cycles, uh, those, sorry, those buying signals, um, such as, you know, visiting your contact page or your pricing page multiple times, um, and you're responding with personalized campaigns that push them to buy, um, you'll immediately start seeing results from those people who are kind of bubbling up to the surface. 
uh, but needed that extra push um, to get over the line. Got it. Okay. Um, do you have an example of a success story where the use of Wishpond led to a huge amount of new business? And what happened and what was the result? Sure. So I can actually give you one that we have done because I can give you the actual dollar figure amount. Um, one that we uh, implemented was, you know, like any company, the, the biggest drop-off occurs on the billing page for people to put in the, their billing information and make the purchase. Um, so we started sending out emails um, within about an hour after a person, you know, visited our billing page but dropped off in a very personalized kind of, almost kind of fun manner. Like our email, you know, subject line would say, oops, did we do something wrong? Um, which, you know, generated a, a huge open rate, I think almost 50%. Um, and would basically say really personal email saying, no, I hope, you know, something didn't happen to you um, when you're trying to, you know, sign up for the product or you felt like this was insecure, you know, with this response to say, you know, please email me back, um, you know, to our customer support line. And we'll be happy to help, um, you know, any with any worries that you have with making the purchase decision because uh, we know it's a, it's a big one for some people. Right. Uh, and that email itself um, you know, generates about $6,000 a month in, you know, revenue that would have been lost to us. Wow, what a, what a, what a great story! Um, what are some features or some new features that you're working on that we marketers should look forward to in uh, in your application? Sure. Um, so one that our customers ask for the most is uh, we have a sweepstakes app in Wishpond, and basically what we're going to be adding on top of it is a bonus entry um, application. So basically, you'll be able to enter a sweepstakes contest um, for a chance to win a prize. Uh, but then also take additional social actions such as sharing on Facebook or tweeting or, you know, forwarding an email to a friend or referring a friend for bonus entries, uh, which gets people to um, give them incentive to share and spread it, uh, the contest with their friends, uh, which helps drive a ton of referral traffic and a ton of new leads uh, right. for the company. The second one is they're going to be releasing very soon is progressive profiling. Um, so the basic idea with this is, um, as you know, if you have a form on your website that you want someone to fill out and it has like eight or ten fields, a lot of fields, um, people are going to be turned off by that. They're not going to fill it out. So instead, what you can do is you can say, okay, I have a form here with ten fields, but I only want to show the top three fields uh, at a time. So I ask for email, phone number, first name, the first time a person fills out one of my forms. The next time they come back to my website, I want to show the next three fields, uh, you know, of the ten that I want to collect. So it allows you to collect a ton of information from people over time without kind of scaring them off with, you know, a right. huge amount of fields all up front. And then when they have filled out all those fields and they want to download a piece of content from you in the future, right. you don't have to ask them again to, to fill out that information. You can just, they can just click and download because you already know who they are. Right. Um, so Wishpond is, um, is, uh, would be an end user of promotional products in that you guys order shirts and stickers and, and the like with the, uh, with the great Wishpond branding on it. Um, what advice would you have for the distributor that sells you your Wishpond swag to generate even more business from you by using marketing automation? Uh, for me, the best one would be like a case study. Uh, that shows, you know, how a company utilized those promotional products and the swag they were giving away to drive more business. So if there's a way in which you could show, okay, we were giving away this kind of swag, um, you know, when a customer took this kind of action or, you know, in this kind of time period and show me, you know, hey, this kind of swag, you know, versus this kind of swag, you know, gets people the most excited or is the most useful to people right. um, and is the best for kind of maintaining or, or cultivating that relationship. That's right. what I would be like, well, cool, like, no brainer for me to buy these, you know, these mugs or these shirts because, you know, this is a great campaign that's, you know, has proven results behind it.
right. Or I'm just thinking out loud here, uh, like you, you had mentioned that you've ordered a, a few different promotional items. I think you said that you order t-shirts and stickers, but haven't really ordered uh, much beyond that. And so I'm thinking that if I was the person selling, if I was the distributor selling you promotional products that I might look in at your account and say, well, there's a lot more that we could be selling this particular end client beyond stickers and t-shirts. Like, do they know that um, a great compliment to t-shirts is hoodies and a great compliment to stickers could be, you know, ceramic coffee mugs or all the other range of products that, that someone in the promotional products industry sells. And at the end of the day, that may ultimately educate you on the additional things that you could be ordering and to expand out your swag collection. Exactly. And as long as, you know, you know, the marketing you're doing to upsell is adding value to your customer, it's okay to do it. It's when, yeah. you know, you kind of start pushing people in directions where, you know, they've shown no interest in going that you kind of get in trouble and people feel like you're spamming them. Right, right. So, you know, to, to use this specific example around the case study. So if I was sending um, a case study for, let's say, holiday gifts or something to to prospect A or, or maybe customer A, we'll call them. And they did not click on it and did not engage with that content at all versus customer B who did click on it and was all over it. What would the next logical uh, piece of content be to each of those customers so that way your system is actually paying attention to what they're doing and not ultimately spamming them? Uh, yeah. So that for that first customer who showed no interest in you know, the piece of content that you sent them, um, sending them you know, a different piece of content on a different subject matter. Um, that's related to, of course, to the solution that you sell, um, but, you know, pop maybe for like a different use case to see kind of what kind of pings their interest because everyone kind of has different information and data points in their mind about what they think is best. So you're not going to be able to say this is the one solution we have. Everyone's going to buy T-shirts. Somebody might think for whatever reason the stickers are better and you're not going to change their mind. But if you can send them that sticker content, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I do want stickers. And that's the thing that they're interested in buying. Right. Um, whereas if, you know, they do show interest and they say, yeah, this is perfect. You know, T-shirts are the way, you know, I'm really interested in checking out how I can use T-shirts. And they're showing interest in content that was maybe like a case study about, you know, using T-shirts to, you know, generate you know, new prospects or drive new customers. Um, sending them more content and even a follow-up call um, or a follow-up kind of proposal for, you know, a demo or a walkthrough from yeah. uh, one of your reps on that specific use case yeah. uh, would be a great way to kind of turn that person. Got it. Yeah, I think I think that's great feedback. And I think a lot of people in the promotional business will have um, like they'll have a newsletter around, let's say, holiday gifts, because this is around the time that people are starting to think about holiday and they'll blast it out to their list of a thousand customers. And that's where it stops. Um, and half those customers may not care about it. The other, you know, 25% uh, may not may not even get the email and maybe 25% of them are, are interested. And I think that's really where it stops. And what's exciting about what you're talking about with Wishpond and marketing automation is that each of those thousand customers can be treated differently, um, recognizing that some may not order holiday at all because they have already exhausted their budget in the first two quarters of the year. Um, and if you know that, you can then direct, you can send them content that is optimized for their experience. Exactly. That's the, that's the name of the game is optimizing content for their experience. Exactly. Right. What are some of your favorite marketing automation hacks? Sure. Um, so I got two that I think are really, really good. Uh, the first is um, using transactional emails to upsell your customers. 
right. uh, on you know complementary products. And uh, Dollar Shave Club uh, is is kind of the king of this. You know, every time that you know an orders, it's a it's a those of you who don't know, it's a the men's shaving kit where they uh, men's shaving company where they'll send you razors every single month. Yep. Uh, and generally, when uh, your order is about to be shipped, they'll send you a confirmation email that says something like about your order, um, or you know your, your order is getting ready to ship. And um, you know, data has found that those kind of emails that are transactional and about something someone has bought are the ones that get opened the most because people are they want to make sure their order is coming. So yep. in those emails that say, "Yep, your razors are about to be shipped," they'll have you know three upsells that say, "You know, add the shaving cream for three dollars, or add this other thing for two bucks, or add this other thing for five dollars." Right. Um, it's a really easy way to kind of drive those people to say, "Oh yeah, you know, a few bucks more, no problem." I'll right. Add it on top because it's complicated. Great point. And Dollar Shave Club is awesome. I've been a loyal customer for some time now. Cool. Me too. Yeah, they're great. Uh, and the second one is um, utilizing kind of a, a bit of human psychology through what's called, uh, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but the Ziegnerich effect, um, okay. which is basically the uncomfortable feeling we get uh, when things are left unfinished. Right. Um, so this is a great thing. Uh, you can utilize this um, in, with an automated email campaign to get people to complete an action that they've already started, such as, you know, completing an order or, you know, checking out Know, certain products on your site and kind of getting deeper into, you know, taking an action but not fulfilling it. Right. Um, so sending an email saying, hey, you know, come back, you're almost done, or you've already gone through steps, you know, two of three, you know, you only got one more step left. So make those people feel like they've already made progress and so they want to finish what they started. Right. I see. So, uh, so a gentle uh, email that prods them forward and in a way where it just makes it really simple and intuitive. Yeah. And if you ever use Dropbox, Dropbox is awesome at this. Um, they'll send you, you know, they're always... They're really great at getting you to take one more step, one more step, one more step to kind of get more ingrained in the Dropbox product. Right. Um, so they send out these really great emails with even like you know, progress bars inside the email and a checklist of all the things you've done and the things you have left to do that makes you want to you know, take the next one. Right. So would an exa- I'm trying to think about that as an example within the common SKU and promotional products atmosphere. Um, an example of that could be a sales rep has sent out a presentation or an estimate for um, a, a range of promotional items for a particular client, and that presentation has not yet converted into an order. Um, and so, short of a salesperson, you know, manually following up via email or the phone, that there could be an action that is sent out to people or to people that have been sent presentations in the last seven days that have not yet converted. Is that a good example of that? Yeah. Well, that's great. Another one, um, depending on if you're a company that uh, that does give discounts, you know, if someone buys, you know, two products or two uh, packages from you, um, saying, you know, great, you've already bought two. You know, if you buy a third, it's going to be 25% off. So they feel like they've already invested in the right. purchase decision because they've already bought two things and they might as well buy a third one because they're going to get a discount on it. Right, right, right. And I think I think that's a great. Um I mean, that's a great B2C example. Um, and, and certainly, I think, can apply with, within our space as well, um, you know, particularly for those people that are in the e-commerce space. Um, so, Nick, what is, what is the easiest way to get started with Wishpond? And who should people contact if they're interested in learning more about your application? Sure. Um, so, the easiest way is go to on wishpond.com. Um, you'll see when you get there, you can either... Sign up for a free 14-day free trial, and if you're the high person who just likes to jump in and get their feet wet, um, you can you can do that um, totally risk-free. Or if you want to get someone to kind of walk you through um, the product, kind of understand how you know you can use Mark Animation specifically for our business, um, there's a big button on our website where you can sign up for a free demo with one of our specialists. Right. Um, or if you feel so inclined, you can reach me uh, at nick at wishfund.com, 
and I'd be happy to chat with you. That sounds uh, fantastic. And I think that there's also Alex that is um, at, that has been tasked specifically to work with folks that are interested in the uh, Wishpond specifically as it pertains to the common SKU integration as well. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. For yeah, Alex is uh, kind of our, our partner manager on that. Um, he can be reached at uh, alex at wishbone.com. Perfect. And we'll make sure that we have all this in the show notes. But, uh, well, Nick, thank you so much for taking us through this uh, journey. Uh, it, it was really, really fascinating to get your perspective um, as the chief product officer at Wishpond. And it's always nice to be able to ask these questions in such a way that it makes it relevant to people that are running promotional products businesses. Because, of course, we spent the time to integrate with your great application to make the experience even more powerful for people who are running their promotional products businesses. So on behalf of the Common Skew community, thank you so much for all of your time and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Skewcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to Skewcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends, thanks so much for listening. Thank you.